This is the Way of Will podcast with your host, Will Campbell. The following is a short episode covering subjects such as philosophy and religion and politics, mostly from a focus of the American worldview. Thank you so much for listening. And to learn more, go to thewayofwill.com. All right, so when we come to think of the ways with which any particular person could attempt to suggest that it is not possible, necessary, or actual that a God could exist, or that the supernatural in general could exist, one of the single most significantly important components of this is the personal experience, or what I call the practice. (coughs) The practice states that there is no supernatural being that exists if, when I call out to the supernatural consistently over an extended period of time, and I receive no response from the supernatural being to which I call, there then must not be a supernatural being, right? So there's more colorful and artful ways of of explaining that practice, but that's just the, the way I can think of right now. Now, what is considered to be the best means by which or through which we accumulate knowledge and then certainty of that knowledge. All right? And by that I mean not only do we gain the informational knowledge about something, but we gain the certitude knowledge or the truth knowledge that that informational knowledge is in fact true. All right? So you have informational knowledge and you have true knowledge. All right, now true knowledge could be the awareness that the informational knowledge is false. But making the statement the informational knowledge is false, if that is true, well then that's a true statement. So ultimately you can only identify true statements because to make a statement about the falsity of something is in essence to make a true statement. So. You have informational knowledge, which is just a general knowledge about something that's just stored in memory. And then there's the awareness or certainty that that information is indeed true because you've experienced it. Because again, the truth of something is the measure of its accuracy in conveying comprehensively some reality. So it's true if it does indeed line up accurately to the reality which it is trying to convey. So our informational knowledge is true knowledge, or or we can have true knowledge about our informational knowledge when we've experienced in reality what the informational knowledge is conveying or has retained in our memory. So... The idea is how do we best go from just an informational knowledge, that is to say a hypothesis, a understanding that this may or may not be true, but it's just in general, we've reached a rational conclusion that this hypothesis is correct, and now we're going to prove that out. So 
the way that we do that is through what people will call you know repeatable experience i.e experimentation we develop an experiment that produces certain results that definitively demonstrate our hypothesis to be true or false right or in other words to find true the alternative hypothesis right whatever the converse or the contradiction or the opposite of the claim is now the idea here and what we're trying to do and what we're stating is that you can prove definitively that a super supernatural being does not exist by experiencing the process of calling out to meet that supernatural being and that supernatural being failing to respond and reveal itself to you, right? So can we and have we done an experiment in which we have called out to a supernatural being and then had that supernatural being act or reveal itself in our lives. If it can be said or demonstrated that that's the case, I call out to the supernatural being and it does not respond, would that then effectively demonstrate that that supernatural being does not exist? Now, the way that this experiments would by necessity have to work is that we as a group of individuals would have to come together and begin calling out to the supernatural being and have it to where that supernatural being fails to act in our lives. So, have we done that? Well, from a Christian, Judeo-Christian standpoint, our position is that yes, that has been done. It's been done for at very least 6,000 years and that we have a record of people who have done that and who were actually led by the supernatural being uh, and who had revealed to them a knowledge from that supernatural being, his revelation of himself to us and the means by which each one of us can individually experience him ourselves. And if we follow his direction and guidance, he will reveal himself to every individual person as well. Now, across the history of humanity, in this same tradition, we have people who have indeed claimed to experience on an individual personal level the presence of this supernatural being in their life, acting upon their life, and in the life around them. Alright? And we have the experimental results of people who have tried this consistently over time across multiple numbers of different people who have seen God working in others because they seek after Him. And they seek after the supernatural being. And that supernatural being not only reveals himself to them directly by some means of acting upon their lives, but also in how he works in the lives of others around him, revealing himself as a part of that. So that's the reality of what we have. 
But the question then becomes, okay, so we have this body of evidence of billions of people around the world claiming for themselves to have experienced that and that it's a repeatable experience of which each one of us can individually uh, duplicate the experiment and come to discovery of it ourselves. So with that being the case, we have removed the possibility of the argument calling out to a supernatural being and having that being not respond to us as just simply being insufficient. It cannot be utilized as a sufficient means of justifying the position there is no God or the belief there is no supernatural, right? Because there are those who have indeed called out to God over an extended period of time and had him respond to their calls. And through that response to their calls, he has actively been involved in their life where they can see him not only in their own life, but in the lives of others. And so that's an ex a very important thing to make. But here's the next contention on this part. The next contention on this part is that doesn't mean that he exists for me, right? That's, that is the ultimate fundamental basis of the atheist position. I have not experienced him. So just because you claim to have experienced him does not mean the supernatural being does exist. And just because I personally have not experienced him myself does not mean that that supernatural being exists. But also, it does not mean that that supernatural being does not exist. Just because he has not revealed himself to you does not mean it is not the case that he has, in fact, revealed himself to me. So, in what has to be understood is that the premise of if God or the supernatural being does not respond to my call, it does not exist. That belief, by necessity, is a belief that is delusion because it's a false belief. Strange way of putting it, I know, but kind of work with me here. The idea in the atheist's mind, and that is laid out there all the time, and it's a default position because they have no other argument. So they try to fabricate an argument, and this is the first root, fundamental foundation of it that turns a person away from their faith in Christ and away from faith in anything, really, is that, well, I've called out to him and he has not responded. Generally, it's because he hasn't responded the way that that person wants him to respond. They see evil in the world. They see that God has done nothing to stop the evil in the world. Well, that's God failing to respond. Therefore, he does not exist. All right? That's at the root of what they would suggest is the problem of evil or the, art, the moral argument against the existence of a supernatural being, at the very least against a benevolent supernatural being.
right? So when we are coming to understand that, it's important that we reveal this reality to the individual who wants to make the claim that because I have not personally experienced this supernatural being in my life, that therefore it does not exist. It can be true at the same time that you have not experienced God and that God does exist. Those two things can be true at the same time in the same place. They are not exclusive ideals, right? Where they're contradictory to each other. Now you can also go your entire life seeking after God calling out to him, asking him to reveal himself, and still not re have him reveal himself to you, and still God could exist. Or a supernatural being, just to make it broad, you could go through your entire life having not experienced anything supernatural, and the supernatural could still exist. So the argument from practice or personal experience failed practice perhaps we should say however we may want to say it but the point is just because you personally have or have not experienced the supernatural does not then mean the supernatural does exist however if you have experienced the supernatural it is up to a non-believer or somebody outside of it to effectively disprove your experience of the supernatural in order to defend the position that the supernatural does not exist. They have to then default to that. Because at the end of the day, my personal experience of Christ as my Savior, but also God's active involvement in my life and His revelation of Himself to me in His presence, before me in my home, or I before Him, I should say, you cannot therefore posit God does not exist and think for a moment that I'm going to accept it because you've given no justification for it based on your own personal experience and having failed. At the end of the day, what my experience has shown me is that it takes time, it takes patience, and it takes actual love and dedication. And He will reveal Himself to you took many, many years of me staying faithful, staying true, striving to be for Him, striving to repent wholeheartedly, honestly accepting Him for who and what He is before I experienced His presence in my life, through, at first, how He worked in my life, and then through seeing how He was working around my life, and then fully sacrificing myself to Him so that he would take control of my life. He revealed himself to me. Now that doesn't mean I have been consistent in doing those things. Lord knows I have failed miserably. I have given into temptation. I have allowed myself to sin. I, I strive to repent every day. I, I hate the fact that I'm still tempted, but I'm still tempted and I still fail. But he is still there present and acting in my life and I can sense him doing that. So, you have to now effectively demonstrate to me that my sensing of His presence and His actual physical presence in my home 
you have to demonstrate effectively to me that that was not real and demonstrate it repeatedly because your personal experience of having not experienced the supernatural cannot be used to disprove the experience the actual existence of the supernatural listening to the way of will podcast if you'd like to learn more go to thewayofwill.com you can also check us out on youtube and you can also look at us on twitter as well at whack the three that's w-a-c-t-h-e the number three follow our feed there to learn when new episodes are coming out new blog posts and the rest please be sure to like and share on your favorite podcasting network app such as spotify or apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and share it with your friends and help us get the word out about the podcast so we can spread the news of the American worldview and the good news of the gospel to anyone and everyone we can. So thank you so much for listening. I look forward to hearing from you. You can always send questions to questions at thewayofwill.com. We'll be more than happy to follow up with you. And hey, maybe we'll even talk about you on the air during the next podcast episode. So thank you so much for your time and God bless.